All right, we are back with another episode. So as usual, I will get us started with a few little history facts. Um, on this day in 1953, TV Guide published its very first issue and on the cover was Lucille Ball's baby. Um, I did not write that down, but uh, I thought that was interesting. I, first of all, I didn't know TV Guide was that old. Right. And that was the big thing. And uh, for a while there, when we used to get the paper, they uh, like just well, just recently they they been get, they had start putting the TV guy back in it, which kind of threw me off. I was like, whoa, you know, that's nuts. But uh, mm-hmm. um, kind of interesting. So yeah, I can yeah. remember getting Sunday's paper specifically to read what was coming on that. Exactly. I so, mean, you had to. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, it feels so old saying that, but that's literally how we knew what was coming on before. You know, Comcast start putting it on the television or whatever. So, right. Yeah. right. Um, and then, secondly, in 1968, Planet of the Apes, uh, the very first of the series featuring Charleston Heston, premiered at uh, I want to say in New York. And um, we know what that series and that um, film has turned into over the years, and how many more we've uh, we've seen. So. That's kind of wild too to think that it's that old. So, right, right, and I, I've never seen the any of the um, newest remakes, but everyone said they're really good. Yeah, they're pretty decent. They, uh, oh, I can't remember when the last one came out, but they, uh, the story is really good. It's a thing, just kind of how they've shifted it. So, yeah, it's interesting. Brandon likes film. Lauren prefers TV. Together, they chronicle life in a peak entertainment era. Welcome to It's a Streamable Life. All right, if you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Episode 12 of season five, we will do our first and last conversation on the 2022 Oscars. Catch up on HBO's <laughs> winning time. And uh, try to make sense of the rash of recent cancellations at Netflix and what that means for peak entertainment. But first, we'll get into some headlines. Yes. So let's see. Um, This past week, of course, there's been one big news nugget, and we'll get to that later. But in other news, um, Nielsen, the TV rating system, has been purchased um, at first, uh, headlines that said they have refused the purchase offer, but now they've gone ahead and went through it. Um, oh. Private equity company called Evergreen Coast Capital and Brookfield Business Partners purchased uh, the ratings giant for $16 billion. Yeah. And it sent their stock up 20%. So I don't know what that means for the company, I know they caught a lot of flack because um, the rating system was not working for the new age of television for streaming and whatnot. And that all equals to ad dollars for networks and the sellers. So hopefully they figure something out with this, I guess, new owner. Interesting. Yes. Um, other news, uh, Disney Plus's 
anticipated Obi-Wan Kenobi series has been pushed back today. So it was set for a premiere on Wednesday, May 25th. It is now set to premiere on Friday, May 27th. Um, they didn't really say why it was pushed back, but now it will go up head to head against Netflix's Stranger Things, which premieres yeah. um, their newest season on the same day. So we will get two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi because of the, the pushback. Okay. And finally, my list. Um, this was a sort of went uh, undercurrent of news, but Lee Daniels uh, publicly made amends with Monique this week yeah. at one of her shows. Um, he surprised her and announced that you know, he publicly apologized for the way he sort of treated her after the precious win and yeah. 13 years ago. Um, and he actually has cast her in an upcoming film at Netflix. So um, good, good for Monique because she has maintained that her, maintained that him, Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey um, treated her dirty within the industry to sort of blackball her. So yeah. Things are looking up in that aspect. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, that's funny you put that because that was my first story, but that's okay. So I, I still got two other ones, but yeah, I was going to comment on that because I remember when that happened, that was a big deal and just kind of that falling out that they had, so. Yeah, and it, it was one of the first, to think about it now, like she was really going against the grain where campaigning is, is part of the quote unquote game and she still got the Oscar, but the industry did sort of like shun her for not doing what they think actors should do. So right, right. Listen to black women most of the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So uh the first story I'll start with then is the um, well, other than speaking about Will Smith this past week, Jim Carrey also hinted to Hollywood Access that he is. Um, ready to retire. They're talking to him. Uh, I think he's doing stuff for like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or I'm not really sure why they're talking to him. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, he said that, yeah, he's he's fairly serious about retiring from acting, which uh, for a generation of people is a, a wild thought, you know, to think that he would be done. But um, right. he's 60 years old, so it's no surprise there. So, yeah. And he's sort of as his career has gone into like his elder years, like he's he's sort of taken a, a step back from right, right. Hollywood. So it, it makes sense that this is sort of like his his perspective now. Right. And then secondly, hold on, the page just messed up. There is a reboot in the works of The Crow, and this one will star one of the Skarsgård brothers, Bill, who I believe is the youngest one. Yes. And, um, yeah, and so uh, I'm not sure about dates or anything, but this is, of course, you know, a remake of the 1994 Supernatural one that I think had a big following. But uh, Bill Skarsgård played Pennywise in the It movies that came out recently. And uh, so, yeah, that should be interesting. I, you know, I, I feel like movies that far away, like that's okay to remake, but I know that film has a, a cult following, so. Right. Right. It'll be interesting to see how it's received. Yeah, it definitely has sort of like a, a don't disturb just because of the the lore <clears throat> around it and 
right. the fortunate demise of Brandon Lee and so forth. So. Right, right. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I didn't know that there were sequels. I've only seen the right original one, the first one, but there's apparently oh. like um, The Crow, City of Angels, The Crow, Salvation. And then the latest one came out in 2005, Crow, Wicked Prayer. So I, I did not oh, know I about did. that. <laughs> Neither did yeah, I. So. All righty. Um, we'll transition now to our obits. Um, this news just came out recently. Um, Estelle Harris, known for her roles on Seinfeld and in the Toy Story films as Miss Potato Head, sadly passed away at the age of 93. Um, yeah. Didn't realize she was that that old, but um, her uh, MDB list is she had at least 102 credits through her name in both TV and film. So she was well known uh face and voice um she played jason alexander's character george's mother on seinfeld so um r.i.p to her we are definitely losing a generation of of performers um yeah 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 Yeah. all right in trailer things we've got two new trailers um two different projects uh first up is um undone I did not catch the first season of this, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, oh, it's really good. So Undone is a, oh, I don't know the type of animation, but it is like, a, it's animated series. And what's crazy is it premiered all the way back in 2019. And when it first came out, everybody loved it. Like, oh, there's nothing like this, it's different. And it's just one of those things, COVID hit, threw everything off. And so now finally a season two is um, coming back and a trailer came out at, uh, I think it came out like WonderCon. I think that's where the trailer dropped. Mm. But um, anyways, the second season comes out April 29th. And like the premise of the story is that it follows a young woman who is voiced and the animated characters shaped after uh, Rosa Salazar. So she's been in a lot of things. She was, she, she's the person that Alita Battle Angel, that's who that was based on like physically. Okay. Uh, and then she was in the Netflix show, Brand New Cherry Flavor. She's been very busy these last few years. But um, so, yeah, anyways, the, the character in the story gets in a car accident, which messes with her head, which also messes with how she relates to time. And she's also just lost, lost her father. So she's having these weird visions and seeing her dead dad and all this other stuff. And it's kind of a trip, but it's, it's really, really good. So um, I'm interested in the second season coming up. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And then I think I remember seeing um, this thumbnail. I didn't get to watch it, but the mystery of Marilyn Monroe, as if you know, we haven't had several documentaries about the blonde bombshell right. for years. But um, what is what's going to be different about this particular one? Yeah, that's what I said when I saw the trailer. And the only thing I can gather is that this one has, I guess, tapes, not like visual tapes, but like voice tapes. I guess she recorded before she passed away, and. Um, you know you know how netflix cuts their trailers they're always really like oh there's this and this you've never seen this and so apparently there's tapes and things she's talked about and uh and then and then they and then they kind of slightly sneak in that they're going to explore this um idea that she was killed by the government because of what was going on allegedly with her and the president at the time so uh I don't know. I, every year, it seems like Hollywood decides on a new 
yeah a new dead person to focus on it seems like this year it's Marilyn Monroe's time so because we got this and then the movie in November so yeah yeah um <laughs> and that movie's at Netflix too right yep yep so yeah it's supposed Netflix's. to have NC-17 rating right right so we'll see uh right. next up is our box office for the weekend um morbius took took the box office this weekend with a projected 40 million um despite you know the harsh ratings from critics and m- many uh audience members i guess people were interested to see just how bad it was <laughs> yeah but um yeah so congrats morbius and last week i mistakenly said that batman took the box office it was actually the lost city that topped the box office last week sandra bullock and okay. Tatum, so yeah um, but the Batman's still making ripples worldwide. And then this week, uh, it's expected that Sonic the Hedgehog might make a big splash with this sequel. Um, oh, okay. So. We'll now get into our next segment, our pick six. Uh, what did you watch this past week that stood out to you? All right, so I got into a couple of things. Um, uh, one of those being the girl from Plainville, and uh, this follows the story of Michelle Cotter and um, Conrad Roy, the young man who took his life a few years ago in uh, Massachusetts, where it was said that his girlfriend, um, I guess you could say, convinced him to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting. Elle Fanning is really good in this. She's really, really good. I mean, she's a good actress anyways, but... Uh, it's not anything that we haven't heard if everybody saw the case and kind of read up on it, but there are um, just like a new, a few little small tidbits. You learn about how they meet. Like, I didn't know there's this whole thing that they had met in like Florida, then they headed back to Massachusetts for this thing. And um, okay, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, and they only got three episodes out right now. And then, you know, I think they put another couple out each week, but um yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it's it's just an interesting show. It's it's like I said, if you know the story, you know what's going to happen. Now it's just live action is essentially what's going on. So, but yeah. I, I think I'll stick around and catch the rest of. It. Okay, I've got to got to tap into. I didn't get a chance to last week. Yeah. Um, and then what else did I have on the list? Oh, there it is. And then Julia. Julia is on HBO Max, and this follows Julia Child, the famous cook, who in, ooh, I want to say that she was in the 1960s is when she was doing her thing, and she, like, uh, had already written cookbooks and was famous that way and kind of did that, and then kind of with the rise of television, she became famous, too, and what this explores is not so much who she is and this we kind of know who she is and what she does but it more so talks about um how she dealt with that fame what she thought of being famous so yeah it it was interesting Hmm. i've seen the trailers it's a it's a comedy right sort of yeah yeah that's the weird thing too it's like a it's not 
so serious. It's kind of lighthearted. It's it's easy to watch. You, I think, I saw a comment. Somebody referred to it as charming, which is maybe the best way to put it. So okay, actually, yeah. So it's not too bad, but um, yeah. And that's on HBO Max. And that came out the thirty first, and that's kind of the same thing. Just three episodes right now, and then next week probably another three. All right. On this side of the mic, um, I got into the season finale of Bel Air. Um, honestly, it was one of the best episodes of the season. Uh, they they finally all season they had alluded to you know uh, Will's father and the mystery behind him. Who is he? Why wasn't he there? Sort of just like um, that episode. Back in the original, this episode, we finally meet Lou and get to why he wasn't there and what this sort of meeting between him and Will means for um, the lives of of these characters. So it was a really good, really good episode. Um, also watched the first episode of Moon Knight. This is Disney Plus's new Marvel series starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. It was a pretty, pretty exciting first episode. They... Um, give you a lot to sort of consume with uh, the prior series always sort of like treat the first episode as a tease but this yeah. one throws you right into the action um and they're going to explain stuff later but it was a very action-packed episode we're entering the supernatural era of um of the mcu right hmm. and i've read something that doesn't oscar isaacs have a an accent in this Yes, so that's what that's what I've seen a lot of people talk about. <laughs> his character Stephen Grant is British, so he does oh, okay. a British accent. And then the well, given the background, the character has um, shoot, it's slipping me dissociative identity disorder. So okay. he loses time and sleep because his other identity takes over. And the other identity is a mercenary named Mark Spector, and mm-hmm. that character has rec. As Isaac's regular voice so it's interesting to see them once they both appear on screens like yeah he's doing he's doing some good acting um so it's interesting and then I caught up on Apple Plus's TV Apple TV Plus's Pachinko this is a series based on the book this has to be up for best uh, drama series at the Emmys. Like from the acting to the directing, the writing, the production, cinematography, like hmm. this this is going to storm award season. Um, it's basically about a young Korean woman's uh, life and the life of her descendants through time. Um, there's three timelines, like early 1900 uh, Japan, uh, sanction, sanction Korea. Yeah. Um, we start there and it goes to Japan during the mid, I think 1920s, about 1930s. And then the present day is 1980s Japan and America. And it just follows, um, Sunja is her name, her sort of life story and how the lessons from the past evoke the present. It, it's it's beautiful. So I'm hoping a lot of people tune in. 
Yeah, well, I've got to check that out. I got Apple TV now, so I don't have an excuse not to. <laughs> yeah, Apple TV, I mean, they sh they should and they do have a lot of prestige shows on there. Um they're they're building up a, a great catalog. I'll tell you, uh, Netflix put this thing out at the beginning of the year, we're going to do all this and that, but they uh Hulu needs to start paying me, man, cuz I I watch that more than anything, I think. Just absolutely. Hulu has it all for me. Yeah, Hulu is really slept on. I think it's between them being like second to Netflix, like it came out second, and right. that the the interface is still a little confusing sometimes. It works well, but it's just like, where is stuff at? <laughs> right, right. And I and it switches too much. The algorithm's weird, but I just love the fact that like, oh, I didn't watch this episode on this ABC show. Well, let me go to Hulu and I can watch it. You know what I mean? So exactly, it's like a living, it's like a living on demand. They've got right. films, shows. Yeah, it's it's definitely slept on. Right. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here. But when we come back, we'll get into the rest of the show. All right, and we're back with our no concessions, um, and we're going to discuss the 2022 Oscars. Um, what seems like a year ago occurred last summer, <laughs> <laughs> just a mere week ago. Um, and we're just going to start with um, the reason why they have the Oscars, the winners. So there weren't many surprises, of course. Um, everyone's sort of predictions all season long came true you had yeah. coda win the first uh oscar excuse me best film oscar for apple tv um you had the actors will smith and jessica chastain who many were weren't really paying attention to jessica until she won the sag i believe right right and she kind of just stormed from there um, supporting, of course, was Troy Kotzer and Ariana DeBose. Uh, director went to Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and I believe that was their only win, um, right. surprisingly, after leading the field this year. And then right. Dune cleaned up basically all the craft awards. They won all six of their yeah. awards for sound, special effects, whatever else it was up for. They got it. Score. Yeah. It, oh, well. I can see why it won, but they should have won costume design, but they lost to Cruella. And I can see, obviously, it's 101 Dalmatians, their outfits were right. centric, but all the the headgear and stuff and everything that they used in Dune, I was like, man, come on. Like that, yeah. I still think they should have won that one as well. Yeah, Dune was visually, film-wise, a, a, a masterpiece. Right. Story-wise, oh, yeah. yeah. Right, it was, it's it's a. It was definitely a precursor to something more enjoyable, but right, right. Um, I think best original screenplay went to Coda, I think, or was it Belfast? Belfast won for original was Belfast. Okay, and then Coda won best adapted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then best song went to Billie Eilish for No Time to Die, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
So those are the winners. Again, no real surprises. Um, I almost forgot uh, Questlove won for Best Documentary for Summer of Soul. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. And he also it was announced he won Best Music Film at the Grammys. So that's two prestigious awards uh, in a row uh, for him in that project. Um, but many people might have forgotten that he won that award because <laughs> prior to him accepting the Oscar for Best Documentary Feature, um, we ha- had the quote-unquote slap heard around the world. By now yes. we know that, what con- we, by now we all know what transpired between Will Smith and Chris Rock during that portion of the Oscars. Um, it's now led to a bunch of fallout and when did this, what did that, who did this happen, this, that, and the third. Um, and ultimately, Will Smith has announced his resignation from the Academy, uh, which isn't really bad. He just can't vote yeah. on Oscars. And that's basically it. Like, if he's in something and is nominated, he's allowed to go. So he doesn't really lose anything. Right, right. From that. Um, it also what happens that one of the sound mixers re- resigned this year as well because they didn't um, show the telecast of those winners live. And David Simon, creator of The Wire, also resigned from the Academy as well. So people do all the time. Yeah. Hmm, okay. It's just the circumstances surrounding his resignation. Right. It's much more of a symbolic thing is what it seems like. Right, right. So... Um, he put out a statement, you know, saying he resigned and basically apologizing again for for his actions that night, you know, embarrassing his peers and their moments, um, Chris Rock um, and everything. He's going to take some time off. Um, and I guess there will still be some consequences from the Academy, which could be like sanctions, which could result into like a ban from next year's Oscars or whatnot um possibly a fines i don't know what what could happen um but he's going to be just fine um it did come out that some of his projects were going to be put on hold bad boys 4 which was in early development was now put on pause and a film he was set to star in at netflix is gonna look for a different star now so some people feel like this is sort of odd retaliation or whatever but I just feel like he needs some time off. Like clearly something is ajar with him to have this right. sort of overreaction to something that was, you know, inappropriate and probably classless, but still didn't, didn't need violence. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's my take on it too. It was like, you can understand the anger, but it just, there's just a different way to go about it, I suppose, but. Um. Yeah, it's especially <laughs> when we know Will and his persona as not being that type of person. So right. something definitely went left. Um, and so since then we've had think pieces and. Oh, Jesus, too many. And stuff all about this and assumptions about what this and the third and their relationship and everything and it's just a lot so hopefully you know this week we'll see less of that um academy allegedly won't have their decision until the 18th of april so we might get more then but personally i'm tired of it yeah oh i'm worn out and 
all these people saying that they're like uh coming out saying that they're like traumatized by it i'm like like i i guess yeah it's that's that to me that feels a bit narcissistic and it's going a bit too far like you weren't like no y'all see violence every day and don't say shit about that but this is traumatizing especially those comedians who feel like all of a sudden it's open season day because you say a joke no one likes on stage or something and it's just not the same no not at all and i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't know chris rock had a brother yeah i saw that i saw that clip i was like what's this nigga talking yeah, he he's going a bit hard. And the funny thing is, like, this is the whole the what makes this come full circle. So he's basically, I mean, he's a stand-up comedian in his own right, but he got his big break because Will and Jada cast him in the show based on their life back in the UPN days. So they're all friends or colleagues or whatever. And also people have referenced, you know, Chris's sort of decade-long attacks against Jada because allegedly she wouldn't go out on a date with him or went on a date with him and said it was the worst date ever. So people have pulled up clips from his show on HBO and other stand-ups where he's singling out Jada specifically when talking about general occurrences. Um, There was a clip from his HBO show where he dogged the Million Women's March back in, I don't know what this was, 97 or something. And Jada was one of the women that spoke there. And he dubbed her speech over with like, uh, stuff you would say like at a rap concert, like, ho, ho, the roof. And it was like, why are you singling specifically her out out of all the women that were there? Like Maxine Waters, Maya Angelou, like, and also why are we, of course it was the 90s, why are we demeaning a woman's march but we wouldn't do that to the million man march yeah it's very true so i think there is some type of personal thing that has to be worked yeah. out as well so best of luck to all them. yeah just a strange thing but yeah i i want to i want celebrities to shut up please yes specifically judd apatow sir oh my oh my goodness that was an <laughs> that was the widest reach and right. is a white supremacy I've ever seen. Like, sir, calm down. Just stop. Too much. And what what will the future look like for the Oscars in general? They said this year saw like a 52% hike in ratings. Um, but they had to go up because last year's was the lowest ever. Right. So um and you know the ratings top basically at the beginning because they opened with Beyonce, which I don't think anyone expected. And then of oh. course it kind of surged again right after the incident because people were trying to see what exactly was happening. So um I and- think oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay, what I was gonna say, and and I think you saw some of it already was that uh to appeal to different demographics are going to have to go younger and it, and that was there you saw people that were famous off of youtube and uh mm. i don't know if there are any tiktokers but you had like people that weren't who you expect at the oscars i mean megan the stallion was there to perform but it was megan the stallion still um 
you had the uh, oh, what's his name? I know his name is Ricky. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Ricky Thompson. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He was there. Just a different, a different crowd of people, and I, that must be part of their plan to uh, try to attract younger viewers. Yeah, because it was giving VMAs. Oh yes, very much so. Like I was very surprised at like just the, yeah, it was giving that. And congrats to uh, producer Will Packer, um, yeah. and he his all black team on on the production. Uh, it was fairly enjoyable, and probably yeah. would have gone off better without the incident, um, and everything. But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I see them trending definitely to a younger audience but are they going to be tuning in like right and i'm not sure that they will and and especially when you can stream the whole thing the next day on hulu right and and i think another thing is is that these awards don't mean anything anymore you they used to but now it's like uh celebrity is different these parasocial relationships are so insane and you see them all the time why would you care about you know the oscars when you can see your favorite star dance on tiktok show their favorite recipes on instagram it's just you know what i mean the oscars just don't hold that weight anymore yeah yeah and I, I think i think eventually they'll be just like you know well maybe not but like the independent film awards it's just streams where you can watch it the whole thing right um right. so yeah we'll we'll have to see um yeah it, it's gonna be like that for all the award shows basically because like we said celebrity is different now the way we look at them um consume them discuss them it's all all different right much different all righty um and fortunately you know war season is gonna start right back up again so new movies will start the discussion of what next year's season will look like so um it'll be interesting all right or previously on um i don't know why i thought we couldn't talk about this last week but we we didn't talk about winning time on the yeah. <laughs> last week, I, I got confused or something. Um, so we have episodes three and four. Um, episode three started with us seeing um, the resignation of Jerry West as coach. He felt it was like the best thing for him. So they're looking for coaches and uh, Jerry goes to Vegas to like scope things out. Um, there's rumors of them hiring, what was his name? The, uh, Tarkanian guy or. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't Jerry. pronounce his last Everyone's name. Everyone's name's Jerry. Why is everyone named Jerry? <laughs> Jerry Tarkanian, who had a, a certain reputation about himself. Yeah. Um, and then we get like this crazy ending which i guess was based on actual events um the guy jerry was sort of working with um was found dead in the trunk of a car and they assumed it was a mob hit uh which is wild because tarkanian allegedly had 
connections to the mob and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that definitely shook me because I was like, what's going right. on? <laughs> right. It was it was a little nuts. That whole episode was just was kind of hectic. <laughs> yeah, because you had that on one hand and then magic sort of getting acquainted to Hollywood life. Um, this was when he went to the brothel, right? Uh, you know what? Or was that episode two? I think I can't remember. I think that may have been three. Okay, because they go out to this movie premiere and there's a bunch of celebrities, Bill Cosby and just Hollywood in general. And Magic sort of like is interested. So he goes and to a house where basically is a pimp and like everyone warns him like, no, this guy is bad news, but he doesn't care. And he's just he goes anyways. Right. And it indulges like he was a hug. Magic was a hug. Um, and then episode four, uh, they go to this uh, training camp and they've recruited yeah. Jack McKinney to be the coach. And he introduced him to this sort of like street ball, spontaneous, fast paced play that was sort of like foreign to the NBA at the right. time. And this is essentially what establishes their Showtime uh, persona. I really like this episode. Yes. Yeah, so did I. It was, it was different and it was... Uh, you. I always like it in shows when you can see things take form. Like, I think I've been waiting this whole show just to see them on the court finally. And now wow. it's starting to all come together. So, and it seems like I think the next episode we get the Wishman Club, maybe yeah. like the season. So, right, right. Cause you had on, on the basketball side, Magic finally finding his, his, his spot on the team. Um, it was definitely sort of like that stereotypical. The team's finally jails moment in the show right. or movie. <laughs> but it was great to see, especially once they started feeding off each other, passing the ball, the layups, the slams. That was great. Um, and then in the office, you see, you know, um, Jenny sort of helping them shape the whole experience at the LA game. Right, right. To us, it's always been like that. But the fact that they had to sort of create this experience so people to tap in um because right. i guess before it would just been like sitting at a basketball game just, right just like a any other game yeah <laughs> yeah but you know they brought in the celebrities and the the laker girls and all that stuff and it it really became another show in la um yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes next and episode five um premieres tonight. All righty, and that brings us to our future presentation. Um, in recent weeks, Netflix has canceled some pretty, uh, a, a, quite a few shows that had, you know, followings, great ratings, critical reviews, and chopped them. You had Archive 81, which was critically received well, set up season two perfectly. Um, they canceled the Babysitter's Club after yeah. a second season, which they did well. They were award-winning. Um, even last year, uh, folks complained that they had canceled, uh, what was that show? Uh, the Babysitter Bounty Hunters or? Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Um, which folks 
folks, you know, discover kind of late, but it had a following. So people are kind of questioning um, Netflix sort of dedication to what they create. <laughs> right. Sort of like they're right. They're dedicated to what they create and sort of like their stance on allowing new voices to, to rise, you know, early right. on because they were the only one Netflix's whole thing was like, you know, the, the space where you, those shows that don't get picked up by broadcast or get a lot of shine can actually see the light of day and grow a following and, and do all kinds of things. And now it seems that their focus isn't so much quality content, but quantity and just hits. Yeah. Um, Cause they also canceled Hensified after second season. And I hadn't even gotten yeah. started yet and it was gone. Yeah, they canceled and it made me very embarrassed to be a fan when it happened, but like they canceled the OA and I, oh, I was obsessed with that show. But then people start getting on Twitter and doing like this little thing that they did in the OA with their hands. And I was like, okay, that's cringy. Like they should <laughs> maybe it deserved to be canceled. But um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> but like that, um, what else? The Get Down, that was a while ago. Yes. And that show had followers. Like people were yeah. watching that. And it it really goes back to like, are they really here for creators or not? Because even even now we hear stories of, you know, from writers and creators where Netflix isn't always as supportive for Black writers and people of color as they propose to be uh, or portray to be. Uh, you have the series Grand Army, which only lasted one season. Um, even yeah. before it aired, Black writers came forth and talked about the issues they had in the writers' room um, on that show and, and how it sort of wasn't, wasn't the best thing. And honestly, that's right. I didn't watch because I heard these things. Um, so it's, it's very, very interesting as, you know, we reach more of a peak entertainment era where everyone has a streaming platform and adjacent to the regular network, um, what is what is Netflix going to do to stay in competition? Like, will they sacrifice um, quality content for just anything to get on the streamer? See, I, I think they got to take the other route. I think they got to take, we know they have the money, they keep raising the price, but they've got to focus it on content that's going to work. Like you, we talked about earlier this year, putting out what was it, 182 different things or something like that. Yeah, films alone. Like that's yeah, that's a great achievement. But what's it matter if like they're not, you know, worth the damn really? You know, like people want quality, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they just need to focus on that. And that competition is steep because yeah, yeah. For instance, like yes, they had Squid Game last year. But what other series had that kind of conversation at Netflix? Right. You know, like HBO had, was Mare of Easttown last year or the year before? Uh, I want to say it was last year. I think okay. it was last year. So HBO had Mare of Easttown. They had Hacks. Yeah. Um, 
they had generation r.i.p uh, right right like they were they're they're having shows that are, are taking up the conversation and they're also good whereas right. netflix had squid game they have some other things but you know they're not catching fire yeah, they're not nothing is like groundbreaking right yeah so um they, they're going to have to figure something out especially as these other shows or these other network platforms build up a catalog um you know apple tv getting that best film oscar when netflix shoved the irishman and marriage story all this other stuff at us right right you know what's what's the deal here roma was sort of like a beginning but do you see how they've yeah. gone from roma to like the irishman and now power of the dog like what happened to the color what happens to <laughs> right no no you're absolutely right there there has been a massive drop off mm -hmm. definitely a regression um yeah. and it doesn't help that they had the whole Dave Chappelle backlash right um so we they they gotta figure something out. Like, yes, you were first, but that's not going to keep you in first place. No. At all. Not when Apple TV has uh Pachinko and Potomac uh, uh Last Days of Potomac Gray and Severance and HBO Max has the month it, of it, April. Yeah, HBO Max is doing it. They've got whatever you need. You know, and then they've got HBO Max, what we can see here in the U.S., and then they have the shows in the different countries that are good. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of beating everybody at the moment. But yeah, I, yes. I don't know. Netflix has to get it together because between the lack of quality and the price, I there I think they may see a drop in, in people using it. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and especially if they go through with this password sharing thing, people are going to yeah. cut, cut the quote-unquote cord from Netflix left and right. Like, I don't, I don't see how you, yeah, that shows me that they're, I mean, of course, they're a business. Their main goal is, is bottom line, is profit. Right, but right. This, this staunch, uh, perspective on sharing passwords it, it's just what it is what it is like yeah yeah i'm not really sure how you get a handle on that how you that's yeah yeah so netflix you in trouble girl we they've got yes. a, they've got to get together cut because okay they have stranger things coming up um the end of ozark which i guess will get a lot of views right Bridgerton season two just happened. At the end of this month, I think whatchamacallit comes back. Uh, Russian Doll. Russian Doll, yeah. Yeah, season two. So they they may have some contenders, but HBO still has Westworld coming, season right. two packs. They've got The House of the Dragon coming in August. 
Amazon has Lord of the Rings coming in August. Right. The Boys season three in June. Like people are coming with the heat, and I don't know if Netflix can sustain because they haven't had a series. They haven't had a new series to do what the old series have done since Squid Game, and that season two right. is not going to come until at least next year. Right. Right. So. I know COVID happened, whatnot, but they've they've got to getting getting gear. Absolutely agree. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of streaming, what are you going to be watching this weekend? I think uh, mostly I'm going to catch up on some shows again. Uh, these new episodes of shows. The one new show I'm going to watch is the Black Lady Sketch Show, and then I have already missed four episodes of Meeks. So I need to catch up with that before this Thursday or else it'll be six episodes. So. Same here. I <laughs> I don't, I watched the first episode and then I was just like, okay. So I need to get back to right. that. Um, yeah, HBO is taking up all my time. So uh, the right, series right. Tokyo Vice drops on the 7th. You have a Black Lace sketch show that comes out Friday. Um, I guess I've got to watch Jeremy, Jared Carmichael's uh, Roth and Roth. Am I saying Roth this Daniel. right? Daniel. Thank you. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, to see how that is. Um, and then Apple TV dropped last week this new show, Slow Horses, for Gary Coleman. Gary Oldman. Um, I need to type into that. And AMC has their 61st Street premiere on Tuesday. Um, so that might be interesting. But yeah. It, April is is locked and loaded with a lot of stuff, so I've got to sort of get on the ball now, or else I'm gonna have more on the list of the unwatched. And I've decided that either both Saturday and Sunday afternoons, I'm gonna watch at least one movie. Yeah, just, oh. just so I can clear my cash on the movies I haven't watched and just get more more stream like today i finally saw titan <laughs> oh man that's a hell of a movie <laughs> yeah i didn't know where it was going but right. it really surprised me yeah um, no it was it was it was strange but yeah it was good yeah i i yeah i didn't know where it was going but i felt the story was very authentic and and heartfelt and sort of like the emotions right. it was reaching for Odd way to get there, but but very it, odd way. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to accomplish these goals. Right. Um, next week, um, I'm not sure what we'll be talking about, but I know we'll be talking about more shows, um, more movies, and more <laughs> more stuff in the streaming era. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, be with us right here next Wednesday. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get Streamable Life.